Hey, this is Web Free Talks. The rule of this podcast is simple. We only talk with people who have hands-on web-free building experience. So if you are a hacker, entrepreneur, or investor, you can get inspired by their stories, lessons, and fuck-ups. My name is Mac, and I'm hosting this pod. If you want to stay in touch, go to twitter.com slash webfreetalks, click the link in the pinned tweet, and join our Discord community. Let's go. Today's guest is a person that I wanted to invite almost since the inception of this podcast. And I wanted to talk with him because he and his team is building one of the most useful web-free products that's around. And the guest name is Harsh Rajat. He's founder of EPNS, known as Ethereum Push Notification Service. And we will get to why it's useful and why I was so excited about seeing Harsh today. But before we get to that, Harsh, like how you ended up in web free space? What's your story? So first of all, uh, thanks for having me, Mac. It's good to be on this podcast and thanks for everyone who's watching this. So how did I get into Web3? I think my journey followed uh, the same path as most of the Web3 folks. I got into trading when Bitcoin was $1,000, bought my first Bitcoin, and then it crashed to $200. But yeah, that that was the start. Uh, After that, I traded a bit uh, with the classic uh, buy high, sell low strategy. Uh, That is again something very, very common. But yeah, I kind of realized at that point of time that, you know, whenever a coin was coming to one exchange or the other, the coin would uh, fluctuate in value. So based on that, and because before that, I was dabbling into a bit of machine learning and AI, I created a bot that was just monitoring uh, all the exchanges, like what coins are coming. And it was just waiting all the exchanges like with numbers so based on that it will basically buy from an exchange if a new exchange listing is out and the exchange is in Mm. the better ranking and that worked well it used to send me weekly reports and uh, around 2017-18 it started sending me a lot of ERC20 tokens which was when I found out about Ethereum that was my journey like I realized that you can code in Ethereum so it's just not, uh, you know, digital money, it's programmable money as well. And that excited me because, you know, I was in my exploratory phase of the journey at that point of time, which basically led me to join a Web3 company. They were doing P2P and meta transaction. I was there for a year because I had been a mobile entrepreneur before. So I knew that you have to be in the space mm-hmm. first to understand. So I was there till 2019 and, and after that, you know, started EPNS. Okay, I really like this buy high, sell low strategy. I know it very well. <laughs> yep, works all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's get to EPNS because, like, on a surface, it's a service that helps web free devs to send push notification to their users. And, like, if you don't dig deeper, it doesn't sound impressive because people think, like, yeah, push notifications, like, we have them everywhere. So, What's the fuss? But the thing is that I believe it's impressive because it solves a very fundamental yet unobvious problem. Because at this point in time, most people just check out Discord or Twitter or any other social media looking for the notifications, which sometimes get hacked. Like 
lately like Bored Ape Yacht Club got hacked as far as I remember through Instagram profile. So it's not safe. And getting notifications is not so easy in Web3 because it's very different approach. So could you share like the story and vision behind the EPNS? Like how do you approach this problem and what's so different about it than Web2 solution? So uh, actually the origin of the story is like 10 years back or 11 years back. I was a mobile app and on the games entrepreneur. Before that point of time, we were used to going to awkward or going to Gmail and checking things again and again. BlackBerry did some notifications, but you know, it was Apple that launched Apple push notification service. And that changed everything. That changed how we interacted. And because, you know, I was there, like in the origin, the documentation and everything sucked. So you had to go do your, uh, dig your hands, like you had to do all the dirty work. So I think at that point of time, I understood like why communication layer is so important. And that basically became the origin for EPNS when we came over uh, to EPNS. But yeah, why notifications are important or, you know, why it's different in Web3? Well, notifications are important because, you know, just think about it. We get up in the morning and what we do, we look at our mobile phone and we have all the notifications, whether it's our important email, whether it's about our important workspace thing, Slack, Monday, whatever, whether it's about a game that we play or love, whether it's about Discord, whether it's about tweets that are coming, whether it's about banking, everything is basically services or we're two services going and coming to us and saying, hey, this might be important for you. What do you want to do? And that is how we live our life. Like uh, after Apple launched notifications and then Google followed suit, that is how we live our life. And uh, that is very, very convenient because, you know, even in WhatsApp, we are not talking to our friends on WhatsApp. We are talking to our friends via notifications. No one is there on one app all the time. And uh, that was the same concept like when we started working on EPNS. I mean, before EPNS idea was born, we were just uh, looking into a lot of smart contracts and DAP, thinking about what is the next pain point that we can solve. And very quickly, we realized maybe because of this experience that when we are going on Web3, we are basically going and we are basically going to, let's say, Aave or Uniswap or Maker or uh, Snapshot. And we are thinking like, let me check it out if something has uh, uh, occurred, which is important to me. But, you know, that is a broken uh, field or that is a broken thing because the more the ecosystem expanded, the more these problems started occurring more and more. If I take a loan on Aave, I cannot go and check Aave all the time. And it's so weird, like you go out on a vacation and, you know, you come back and your bank says, oh, sorry, your house is no more your house because it's foreclosed. <laughs> uh, we couldn't notify because, you know, you weren't checking our office all the time. <laughs> So yeah, that, that was the thing. That was the basic, like we realized that uh, notifications or communications are not going out from any app or any protocol or any smart contract. And the reason for that was that there was no communication layer that was built for the So just to think about it, like in a very simple term, like when we are talking on Twitter, we talk to Twitter through Twitter usernames. When we are talking on uh, WhatsApp, we are talking to WhatsApp through WhatsApp usernames that are mobile phone numbers. When we talk to Web3, we are actually not talking to Web3 or we weren't talking to Web3. Web3 usernames are wallet address. 
But what we did was we basically said that, okay, no communication layer is there, no way to talk to wallets. Let me do one thing. Let me create a Twitter account and then we will just tell people that something is going to happen or create Discord and so on. But that's a broken interface because the users who you want to directly talk to, you are not talking to them. ENS basically eight months or a year before ENS sent out a tweet like uh, 50,000 domains or something similar is expiring on Twitter. That is weird because, you know, the wallet address who are your usernames, they are not getting that communication. And that was when we realized that this communication layer is not formed and this needs to be built. And that is when, you know, we basically started architecturing it. Now, there are a couple of things which are different from Web2 to Web3. Like the first thing is that this needs to be an open communication layer, right? Because Ethereum, for example, Ethereum account info is stored in the backend, which is decentralized and distributed, but any frontend can tap into it. And that was the vision behind EPNS as well. Like, let's not create a service, but let's create a protocol wherein all the communications are tied to wallet address and stored in a uh, distributed decentralized network. And then any crypto wallet, any crypto frontend can just tap into this network and can show all the communications out. So you can basically see all your notifications if MetaMask adopts us, then on MetaMask in the future. And then, you know, basically you probably go to Phantom if you're a Solana user and you can even then open that and you can see the notifications. So that was what EPNS is about. In tech terms, it's basically a decentralized communication protocol using which any app, any smart contract, uh, any backend, any Web3 service or Web2 service also can send communications that are tied to Web3 usernames, which are wallet addresses in an open multi-chain, gasless and platform agnostic way. And uh, the reason why we started with communication or notification, but I emphasize on communication, is because we realized that notifications basically form the base of every communication. So it was notification first, and now we are dabbling into wallet to wallet as well. Just to recap, for me, the most revolutionary thing is that, you know, in Web2, every app built their notification because you installed app on your phone, so they could do it. They had this direct relationship with the user. But what you are doing is you create like a protocol where all apps can use it. So it's like a meta <laughs> meta notifications in this way that, you know, everyone can use it both from the user side and also from the app side. So that's why I think it's different and it's very in line with the Web3 ethos of exactly. making it decentralized. Exactly. In Web3, you cannot do single username like Web2 because, you know, Facebook stores all your information, Twitter stores all your information, and then you are notifying. In Web3, you have a shared username, right? You use, uh, let's say you use Lens Protocol, the same wallet address will use Uniswap or, you know, uh, Decentraland and so on. So again, that was the first problem, which we said that, you know, this needs to be redefined or this needs to be invented like an open system where these things can happen in a Web3 way. And of course, you know, Web3 is different in the way that, you know, it's a peer-to-peer open network. The notifications that were created by Apple, they were like uh, just from client to server. Like you have a closed server and then using that, you are sending notifications. But over here, it's an open network. So yeah, I agree, like exactly Mm -hmm. like the Web3 tools and philosophies. 
And as far as I know, you also reward people for reading this notification. Could you tell a little bit about it? So, Mac, we, we used to reward people in version zero. Like the idea was that, you know, a service, uh, before they can send notification, they stake some die. And we used to, you know, get this die deposited to Aave and, you know, the interest that was getting generated. Whoever signs in or opts in to basically allow the service to send a notification, they would get the die splitted in that way. But in version one, we had to move away from that because we went multi-chain and we went gasless. That means that the user doesn't even have to opt in. Like when they opt in, they are signing something gaslessly and sending it to our network. So because of that, we had to remove this feature where users were incentivized to get notifications. Having said that, we are trying to get it back into the order. We are just like researching how to do it in a multi-chain way, wherein these gaslessly recorded transactions can also be verified and therefore the users can get their stake out. Mm -hmm. Talking about the users, like you have a product that can definitely suffer from the chicken egg problem because on one side you have platforms and on the other side you have users. and If there are no platforms, users won't use your service because <laughs> they don't have anything to be notified about. And on the other hand, if there are no users, platforms say, yeah, like, why should I use it at all? Because there are no users. So I'm wondering, like, how have you solved it in the early days and how have you acquired your first users and partners? That's actually an amazing question, Mac. <laughs> That was something which kept us... Uh like which had a lot of sleepless nights because we had to solve this. I think we didn't solve it as much as the Ethereum community did it for us because when we started talking about the idea, they got excited. A lot of Web3 mentors reached out like they wanted to help. And uh, because of that, basically when we went to uh, popular services of Ethereum, you know, the first service we went to was Uniswap and we sent like, we are creating this and we would like your help would you be able to help us you know define the version one of the communication because you are inventing something so you don't know exactly what what features to expect the services knew that so we went to you know some of the really cool services or some of the really cool protocols like uniswap and ens and polygon and gitcoin and said that guys we are going to build this web3 native communication layer And we need your help, A, just to define the features and B, to also create useful notifications for your users and would you help us out? And I think it was because of these services, like they saw like this is uh, something which is a problem and they were willing to help. We were able to solve the chicken and egg problem because they said that sure, we would help you out. And because of that, we were able to, you know, get their users because now their users are getting these important notifications. So probably it was a win-win now, but at that point of time, when we went over there, like it was the awesomeness of these protocols that basically helped us solve the chicken and egg problem. And now we continue that. We basically go to all the projects and protocols that are doing cool work. And we basically say that, you know, this is something which is getting built and it's actually live already now. So it would be great that you use it. 
And now, you know, then we work with these services and we take uh, a co-built notifications out. And based on, because these notifications are important for the users, it basically drives users to use uh, the protocol. And that's how you basically solve the chicken and the egg problem. Mm-hmm. When I listen to that, like, it makes perfect sense because like on one hand, like Ethereum community is very cool and yes. <laughs> very, very open. <laughs> and for these services, like, what notifications basically do like what they do they from the product management perspective they make user engage with your product more so everyone wants that like because like it's a no-brainer for them so like your your product it seems like a perfect fit for for their services so that makes sense why they were so eager to help i would say like even uh, i mean these protocols and the ethereum community like while the project, of course, you know, the product needs to make sense, but it's because of Ethereum community and it's because of the cool protocols of Ethereum. Like they really want to help you out. Like few people even uh, told us like when we were raising, like these are people who are running very, very popular protocols. They helped us out by going through our deck and by going through our one hour talk and by going through our tech, uh, you know, what tech's uh, stack we were defining just to make sure that, you know, the product is good. And this was like, in a way, selfless. So this is what I think Ethereum community mm. and Ethereum protocols do. They help each other out. That's great. I think Satoshi would be happy, you know, that... You know, Ethereum is here and like all the other protocols are here. So it's uh, very in line with this ethos. And, you know, like I would like also to address, you know, because like as far as I know, like since the main main net (laughs) launch in January, you already got 44,000 subscribers, which... You know, in Web 2 terms, it wouldn't be a lot, but in Web 3, like that's a lot because there are very few users that are sophisticated enough to really care about things like that and, and use Uniswap and so on. So I'm wondering, like, how do you acquire new users today? Do you have any strategy? The entire ethos is still remain the same, but now we have uh, started grants as well on top of it. But the entire ethos is the same, like uh, work with protocols, uh, tell them the usefulness of communicating with the users, and then basically takes its own course because, you know, the users get happy because, you know, now they whatever they are doing on Web3, they are communicated, like important communications, especially in DeFi and governance. Actually, everywhere, like even in Metaverse and NFT, like you have so many use cases, so the users get happy. So that basically builds the entire user base out. But other than that, now we have also started grants, uh, which basically means that if you are a developer or if you are a marketer and you have uh, some cool ideas to, you know, gather more and more users to make them aware, they can apply to our grants, which are, uh, Mm. which is around 1 million for six months. So yeah, that's another way by which we approach things. And the other cool thing which we have just started doing is going to hackathons and encouraging and helping developers out uh, to build some cool products. And, you know, some of them choose to uh, build it out with EPNS as well. Mm -hmm. So that, again, uh, really uh, Mm -hmm. is something that really works well. And, you know, going to the hackathons is also something which is very special to our heart 
because we started this from ETH Global Hack Money 2020. So it's kind of like a full circle that you're going back mm-hmm. over there, but this time to help the hackers out, like how someone helped mm-hmm. us when we started. And what kind of services they can build? Like, for example, could I build like WhatsApp using your protocol? Just yes. wallet, wallet communication? Okay. Yes. So we are also building wallet to wallet communication. But, yeah, you know, that's the thing. This is a communication layer. So anyone can build whatever they want. So you can build like a messenger. When we, like the previous hackathon, ETH Amsterdam, where we went, a team like built a very cool protocol wherein, you know, Lens protocol, whenever someone liked or followed, you got a notification out. Another cool developer built uh, something uh, for the node or the beacon chain. Like it will uh, notify you the amount of rewards you have. So, you know, it's only limited by the imagination of what you want to build. You can go build WhatsApp out. You can go build an aggregator out. You can go build a wallet tracker out or whatever you want. So, yeah. Great, great. I think it might be also useful for traders if they want to aggregate, you know, notifications from different services and just put them in their group chat and just discuss it. I think it might be interesting. Yes, yes. In fact, uh, you know, the airdrop. So we recently partnered with Onify so that, you know, the airdrops that come and, you know, some airdrops are now claimable only till a certain extent of time. You can even do that. And uh, for traders, you know, even something, you know, I mean, this is so cool, like something as simple as you receiving crypto, you don't get to know about it. So you can even build that out as well. So it's mm-hmm. amazing, like how many things you can build out. Even the mm-hmm. Web2 web services, like we partnered with Coindesk as well. So now Coindesk, if you want to have like articles sent directly to your wallet address, that is happening. So yeah, you can oh. even build something as cool as that. Or, you know, the board Ape community, like you can build something out, which basically means that if you have a board Ape NFT, only then you are talking to each other. And now it's a trusted communication. A board Ape can basically build a channel so that only when this channel says that something is happening to the wallet address that owns the NFT, then and only then, Mm -hmm. you know, you basically say that, you know, it's a trusted Mm -hmm. way of communication that's coming out. Okay, like it sounds interesting. You know, I would like to touch like another perspective here because like you are a protocol that helps with notifications. And one of the great thing is that increases security because as we said, like, you know, Twitter, Discord, there are so many exploits and scams there that it's better to have like direct communications with the user. But on the other hand, as you know, you are in charge of notifications from Uniswap or Aragon or like Ave. You might be attacked by hackers who want to just, you know, get in line and just communicate with the users and tell them, you know, send us your seed phrases or whatever. So I'm wondering, how do you secure EPNS from this kind of attack? And does going multi-chain make it harder? Two questions over there. I'm just going to answer them in reverse. Going multi-chain, yes, it's very, very hard. <laughs> Team has spent countless nights to figure it out, but I'm uh, super stoked that we did figure out the multi-chain aspect. 
coming to the question like the security question so basically that was something from the very start we knew that this doesn't have to be a service it has to be a protocol which means that the channel owners you know services that send notifications or any communication like chat they are basically called channels in our terminology and channels they basically register on epns core but they are the ones that are responsible to send notification out like their wallet address or a wallet address they delegate the power to only these wallets can send a notification out no one else can not even we can send it out and when these they are sending these notifications out either they are sending it by signing the payload with eip712 which basically makes it verifiable that it's coming from these wallets or they are sending it through a smart contract which again verifies that it's coming from the wallet only then and then the notifications work so because of that we basically remain like trustless or permissionless and enable all these services to send it out without us doing anything or storing anything in our uh, front end or the back end or the network which can compromise these things Okay, so you are more like SMTP, like they cannot send an email on my behalf because I am the one that sends an email. Yes, exactly. So like SMTP, the protocol used to send emails out, exactly like that, uh, this communication there, you can send communication bits out, whether it's notification, whether it's chat, and in the future, we'll probably do video as well. But yeah. Okay, okay. And, you know, your product is a very, like, technical one. The one that, you know, I guess takes a lot of brain power to build and develop. So I'm wondering, like, what has been the biggest technological challenges that you have faced so far? And how have you, you know, tried to solve them? That would be multi-chain. And that would be basically uh, communication from an Ethereum user to a non-EBM user. Like, our idea was, like, I can be a Web3 user or I'm a Web3 user, which means I might interact with Ethereum, but then I might also interact with Binance, Bitcoin, maybe Solana also. Who knows? Like, uh, uh, But yeah, the idea was like the communication or the notifications should be universal. So you open your MetaMask, uh, if MetaMask integrates us, then you can see all the notification and all the chat, even from Solana and vice versa. And that was super, super hard to crack. But yeah, the way we basically tagged it was we created a EPNS core smart contract that resides on Ethereum. And this is just to make sure that all the services that want to send communication, they have to come and activate themselves on EPNS core. And EPNS core basically is responsible for three things. It's governance. It's setting the config for the entire decentralized middleware that we are creating and a few other things this resides on ethereum and any service that wants to send communication they want to create a channel they basically come and activate themselves on it then uh, the other side of the thing we have is something called epns com layers so epns com layers they are basically divided into two things one is epns com sdk which allows gasless notifications uh, from backend or adapt and the other layer is EPNS com middleware smart contracts, which are communication smart contracts deployed on all the blockchain that we support. And if you are a smart contract, you can use this smart contract to send a notification out. 
Now, these two ecosystem quarks, which we have, they're both listened to by the push nodes, which form our uh, network. These are validator nodes. Their job is to basically listen to all the communication coming from EPNSCOM. It validates very quickly uh, through the indexed uh, EPNS core information or the account information it has. And if everything looks great, it admits it into the network. And after that, any crypto front end can just go ahead and tap into the network and show these communication out. Hmm. I'm wondering, like, because this is a very neat solution, I might say, but I guess you haven't come up with it, you know, just like just taking a shower or something like that, that it took some, you know, testing, iterating and so on. So I'm wondering, what were some dead end streets that you have you know, tried before something that you thought, okay, it's a great solution for either getting users, platforms, or, you know, solving our problems, but it didn't work at all. So that would be the V0 of the contract. (laughs) What we said was like what we, when we started building that uh, we already have a distributed computer like Ethereum. So why create your own network? Just deploy a smart contract middleware where anyone who's a smart contract, who's a DAP, who's a backend can just send notifications. And then uh, we don't need this push notes, the network, uh, uh, which I just told you about. Then anyone can basically listen to this one particular smart contract and show everything out. So that was cool in theory. That was like the POC of the hackathon product, which we started. But uh, when we started talking to more and more protocols, we kind of realized that this will not work because even if we find a way to make it work on layer twos of Ethereum, it will not go non-EVM. And more than that, you know, services who want to send targeted notification, like your loan is expiring. If you're sending 10,000 notifications as transaction, even if it's batch transaction to, you know, any other transactions and, you know, it's a piggyback transaction, it will basically be very, very costly. So then basically that was the point which led to this multi-chain concept and which led to the V1 of the protocol. But yeah, I would say that the V0, it was, I mean, it wouldn't have worked so well as this new uh, V1 of the contract is working. So yeah, that can be Mm -hmm. taken as a dead end. Okay. It's always fascinating to me that whenever you have an idea for a product, it almost never ends up being the same idea after you start working on it. I know. (laughs) Now I tell the team members the same thing, like, uh, guys, start designing a feature and believe me, like, you don't have to say like, at the end, what will the feature be like? Because I'm very sure that once you have designed 20 or 30% of the feature, you will pivot. So it's always <laughs> like that. Okay. So I'd like to ask, as we are talking about you, you know, having your own protocol, I'm wondering, like, how does your token work, this push token? Is it like a governance token or does it has any particular utility? The push token actually has four major utilities or four major pillars. Like the first is this network which we are creating, the push nodes network. The more decentralized it is, the better it is for Web3. And the best way to do that security is through the push token. So that is like one of the core things that the push token does. 
The other thing that the push token does is like I very briefly touched upon EPNS code and their settings in the communication middleware. These settings can be, you know, the fee which we take when a channel is created. Or if a channel wants to update itself, we want to have a little bit of fee just to make sure that, you know, scammers are not uh, basically recreating mm-hmm. the channel again and again. Then, you know, there's a spam score which we are working on. And there are a lot of other settings that basically drive the entire communication middleware. Our communication middleware is very live. So all these utility settings which we have, they can only be changed by the token holders, making it like a decentralized communication middleware. Then the third thing which we have is, of course, governance. So we basically put or carved out 53% of the tokens just for the community. And our goal is like, because this is again a decentralized communication middleware, it needs to be run by the community in the future. So that basically forms a governance section of the push token. And the fourth, which is very cool, is the fee split, which uh, will come in, in, uh, in the near future. So the idea is that, you know, whatever fees we charge in the future or token holders choose to charge in the future, they will go into a fee pool. And then the token holders can decide like what part of the fee goes to the crypto front ends that basically integrate push notifications or, you know, EPNS protocol. So it basically becomes like a win-win for everyone because now crypto wallets are also incentivized to basically earn because, you know, those are the front ends that the user are using to make their life better. Mm -hmm. So these are the four things that we have for push. Yeah, so this is like a very useful token. I I mean, in a a way that, you know, some even bigger projects just send the governance token, but it basically means that you can just vote. But it seems that you have more and more utility. And, you know, I would like to ask about it because I know that you are progressively decentralizing the service. And, you know, on one hand, it can be mentally rewarding for the founders because they can take some burden off their shoulders. And on the other hand, it very often leads to more chaos. And we have seen it in many projects, like one of them, like even, you know, SushiSwap, like the last problems they had. It's very challenging and I'm, you know, crossing my fingers for them to just solve it. But I'm wondering, like, what's your take on that? Like, how have you been going through this process and what's your plan to avoid chaos? That is actually an amazing question. So the goal is to become entirely decentralized, but why progressive is because of the same rationale. Like I really believe in the game theory and game theory basically states like until you have 60% of the participants in the game theory that basically have the same vision in mind, what you want to do until you have that, you know, the game will basically collapse. But if you have 60% of the participants that are true to that vision, then the game will never collapse. Like even when bad plays enter the system, good plays will kick it out. And there's actually a very cool simulation that people can try. It's, I think, entrust.play or something similar. But yeah, uh, they can basically simulate everything and they can see that, you know, how this 60% is so important. And that's why we designed this entire thing with progressive uh, decentralization in mind. Even the governance, like we just uh, completed the progressive governance uh, decentralization phase zero. And we have planned like at least five phases just to make sure that 
the first community that is getting designed, we are able to help them grow and nurture them so that that 60% of the thing stays true. And once that stays true, you know, that is when, you know, we can relax and chill out. But yeah, that's how we are achieving progressive decentralization. Mm -hmm. And that's how we are seeing progressive decentralization in Mm -hmm. EPNS. And do you think most of these voters will be protocols or like, will it be like, you know, ENS, Uniswap and like all these platforms that use your product or more like, you know, retail users? What do you think? I think it will be a mix of both. It will be developers. It will be community members and then it will be retail users. I would say that we do need like developers to form a major part of the governance as well as other community members, because this is also moving towards a DAO phase. Like, as I said, that 53 percent mm-hmm. with retail users, like, of course, you know, they are cool, but you do need a basic ratio, like a special ratio which basically means that you do have developer voice like no this is wrong don't do that you need community to say that no we need more marketing we need to give more grants we need to go grow ahead and then you have retail users who basically are your uh, voices around the world that hey these guys are building something very very cool all of these three the way they look at particular problem it's very special and you know if they are able to discuss something out that will be very very cool so we would want Mm -hmm. uh, uh, developers community members and retail users all three of them to be a part of governance Okay. Okay. We are getting till the end and I have three questions that I always ask. Uh, So I will ask you as well. So the first question is, what has been the most mind-blowing web-free projects that you have seen so far? Something that, you know, made you feel inspired or even surprised that someone, you know, connected these dots in a way that, that they've done it? In the past, of course, Bitcoin and Ethereum, that is amazing we are here because of them i would say uniswap it's amazing like it's a mind-blowing product four years back everyone wanted central exchanges because there was no dexes the concept didn't exist uniswap just changed that and basically gave the power more power to the people otherwise it was just central exchanges and it was up to them like what project will be listed or not or if it'll perform or not but uniswap basically changed that so definitely them ens as well like ens basically will form our identity of the future is what i feel and uh, it basically uh, made web3 easier like uh, not a lot of products can say that they made web3 easier but ENS that like, you know, I can probably go send you some trip in Mac.net and that is much, much easier than, you know, sending it to a 32 uh, digit uh, uh, public <laughs> uh, a wallet address. So, yeah, I would say ENS definitely. And uh, yeah, I think uh, those two are uh, going to be my favorite. Aave as well and Polygon as well. Like Polygon, I think, solved the layer two scalability for now, uh, before other people came in. And Aave basically has this chance of becoming a global bank. So yeah, I just see like uh, any projects that make the lives of the people better 
and they basically invented that thing out. I have like huge respect for them. I'm big fan of all of these that you have mentioned. Like for me, like when I first used Uniswap, it was so strange because it this was this like web-free light bulb moment when you just see, okay, I don't need to make there's no KYC. I don't need to make an account, give them my email, send money anywhere. It's just you go there and there's just like the swap, connect wallet, click. And my mind was blown when I first used Uniswap. Like it's exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing. I think that is where the Web3 username really shines. Like whoever has embraced that, that Web3 username, it basically eliminates a lot of uh, headaches. Like now you don't have to go to exchange, then, you know, connect your email, then do KYC, then send funds, then transfer, then send fund back. Like for one action, you had 10 actions. Now Uniswap uh, exists. All you have to do is go to your wallet, go to Uniswap, swap something out and you're good to go. And also, you know, at the end of the day, like money stays on your wallet because like, you know, we haven't big problems with centralized exchange maybe in the last few years, you know, Coinbase and Binance and FTX, they are pretty solid. But, you know, in four years ago, it was totally different. Cryptopia, I, I know. And this is this is something like you have to learn from the previous mistakes. Otherwise, you will be bound to, you know, make those mistakes again. So right now, everything is good with centralized exchange. Doesn't mean that, you know, a hack will not occur. Like few hacks did occur. It was just that exchanges, uh, they reimbursed people out. That's the thing. Like doing things trustlessly, I think it's a much, much powerful way of doing things than, you know, relying on central things. Mm. And I have the next question that I also ask. Uh, What's the funniest thing that had happened to you? Something that made you smile or laugh out loud? Oh, wow. Or even roll on the floor laughing? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, and you know, it's funny for me because I was not part of that exploit, but I understand it will not be probably funny for the users. But I saw a <laughs> protocol saying, Dear hacker, and the hacker then returning the money. <laughs> That was like one of the funniest thing I could see happening in the entire web tree. Yeah. So that was really funny. Like someone calling hacker, like dear hacker and the hacker responding as well. That that was the funniest thing. Other than that, like crypto Twitter is just a Netflix in its own. Like you can just uh, follow conversations and there's so many fun conversations that keep on happening. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> For me, like I've been on the internet, like, wow, like for more than 20 years, but I have never seen such funny community as crypto Twitter. Like, you know, all these people there are like, I just laugh every day whenever I just scroll my Twitter feed. And <laughs> so one, one more funny thing was like, we, we were in Decentral Miami and uh, there was a VIP dinner. And we were not carrying any suits. So we were then discussing this is a VIP dinner. Do we need to go out, get suits? And we were just thinking that. And uh, then it was like, let's go. The worst that will happen is probably we will be denied. 
And then we saw someone who was wearing a bathrobe and he was there <laughs> at the entrance and we were like, we are good. So that is deadly <laughs> as well. You can wear whatever you want. No one cares. So yeah. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. So Harsh, one last question. It was very cool conversation. and I, I, I love talking with builders and I'm wondering, do you have anyone in mind, like any builder that I should invite next? You know, someone who could be a good fit for this kind of conversation and their experience could be valuable for other people. I would have said Polygon if you know, you're looking for like uh, builders that are already established. For upcoming builders, I would say Huddle is very, very cool. Huddle uh, 01, they are uh, doing, uh, uh, they are trying to decentralize Zoom. So that's also very cool. People from uh, Biconomy and Inside App is very, very cool. So I know these three projects I would recommend. Okay, I will try because like Polygon is definitely on my list, like very, very high on my list to to get like Sandeep or like anyone else from their founding team. So I, I hope it will, you know, happen. So thanks, thanks a lot. And, you know, have a good day. And if people want to learn more about EPNS, where should they go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the cool part. So, uh, <laughs> uh, guys, you can go to epns.io to learn about it. If you're a developer, docs.epns.io or go to app.epns.io. We have a live walkthrough so you can understand everything. If you want to follow us and if you're in the mood of chat, join our Discord. Go to epns.io and through that, come on Discord. Discord has some very weird URL, so I cannot share that out. Or join our Twitter. It's EPNS Project, P-R-O-G-E-C-T on Twitter. So yeah, if you don't want to be too chatty, but you want to look what the project mm -hmm. is doing, so you can go and join that. And I will add one thing. If you want to see top level of landing design, whether it comes to explanation of the product and the design, go to epns.io. Like they've done a terrific job explaining the protocol. And as we all know, in Web3, there's a lot of technical jargon, but you somehow managed to make it super easy to understand. So if you are looking for an inspiration for your product, definitely go there. It's super, super well done. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so thanks a lot, Harsh, and have a good day. Thanks, Mark. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Bye.